Yo, yo, testing, one, two, three, one, two, three. Good, all right. Welcome everybody. We are very excited to start this space in just a few moments. We have an incredible guest today, Mr. Orian Tal. He is our VP of Operations here at Market Across. And we are going to have a little chat about working in crypto. And even more specifically, working in PR marketing in crypto. Um, so let's see, we can promote the fabulous Mr. The Pitch. Actually, we can even get the story behind his nickname. And we'll be off to the races. Also seeing some familiar faces in the audience. So welcome everybody. And if there's anything you'd like to add, or if there's anything, if you have a question or something like that, there's a feature where you can request permission to speak and we'll go ahead and promote you and you can, you can get involved. Just ironing out a few things on the technical side. I think I can actually use this time to give a little bit of background about Olian. I'll do a little bit of introduction Hello. as he's able to, uh... oh, here he is. Yes. Mr. Speaker, can you hear us? Yes. For a second, I thought I was a boomer, but uh, turns out uh, I'm not. I still got the hang of it. Still a millennial? Yeah. So it appears. There's just a bit of a fight left in me. What's up? <laughs> Uh, all is well. We're very happy to have you, of course. Thrilled to be here. Thank um, you so much. Absolutely. Absolutely. All millennials and boomers, welcome. Um, we gave a little bit of background, but I also do want to hear a bit from the expert, who is, who is you, of course. Um, today, we're going to be talking a lot about working in cryptocurrency and blockchain and what that's like and as someone who's a seasoned veteran in the space a vp at market across someone who's spoken on stage about working in blockchain someone who's had endless conversations about it um we'd like to uh to ask you some questions and have like a cool conversation with you the main goal just to kind of be frank is so that if people are considering this move um they can get some very 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 candid information from this conversation and they can understand if it's something that's, uh, that's suitable for them. For sure. It's, uh, it's definitely a big consideration, I think. 
Yeah, I especially like for me as someone who's worked both in uh, the like more traditional Web two tech worlds and also now the the crypto world. I really don't know if I could see myself like going back. Um, and I do also think there's there's some very very clear distinctions uh, that people need to consider. Yeah, um, you know, if if I were to build up on what you just said, I think that. I mean, okay, first of all, there's a lot to be said, but to begin with, I think that in web free startups or any company that has anything to do with crypto nowadays, I think you would find what would be considered almost like a um, totally wild company culture in most cases. <laughs> That's what I think. Uh, I mean, a lot of these companies are still in the startup type of phase. Um, the vibe is very lax. There's a lot of room for you know, memes and a lot of internet phenomena that normally, you know, in a normal workplace, quote unquote, you would not, uh, you would not see. Um, there's a lot of talk about finances all the time, obviously, because it's crypto, right? But, you know, you would just not see that type of chatter happening in Wix or perhaps Setflyer or other type of companies. So uh, I, I think to begin with, that's like something that, that needs to, kind of be related if you ever go to work in crypto unless you go for coinbase or kraken or any like you know uh suit and tie type of company and even then you know i, I would put a couple of asterisks there the vibe is just different uh it's 24 7 you're likely gonna get called up at night at some point um you're gonna download a lot of sticker packs on telegram you're gonna don't, learn don't forget who's don't forget the, frog. the don't forget the lunch calls, the lunch talks, which must be on Bitcoin crypto and everyone's, you, you hear about crypto 24-7, even during lunch. You can't oh, yeah. talk about anything else. Yeah, and once your friends also recognize that you work in crypto, you'll be called a scammer repeatedly and you'll have to explain to them how it's not actually that and you know, there, there are bad apples and good apples. So I, I think... If I were to sum it up, I think there's like a big cultural difference. You're, you're getting into like the nitty gritty of internet culture. Uh, you're going to become what a lot of people might call a geek or a nerd in some places. And I think it's fun. It's fun so long as you like you have a lightheaded type of uh, persona and like you're willing to learn. You're willing to uh, to to in many cases like be in, in the fringes of, of you know, new internet culture. And, uh, and yeah, and that also reverberates in the company culture, I think. I think that's super, super, super interesting because in a way it's like the culture is being built because it's, you know, it's, it's an industry where all these companies are, are relatively new. They're, the culture is kind of being built right before our eyes. So the people that are inside right now or joining right now are kind of participating in, in what this future industry is going to look like. Um, I know you compared it to like the Wixes or the big companies of the world. And um, I saw, I, and I saw this really funny joke online today where it's like in a traditional, in the traditional world, you know, where someone could post like, you have to be ready to work in like a fast paced, exciting, agile environment. And then in reality, in the web two world, that environment is like a, a beige cubicle, <laughs> where you have like walls that are separating you from the people next to you. Um, yeah, I know I can speak from 
you know what I mean? So I, I, I know I can speak from, from our perspective, like, you know, we work in like a newsroom, open space type, uh, type environment. Um, but what do you think about this, this like new age culture? Cause I know it's like, it can be intense. And you mentioned that there's, you have to be lighthearted about it. You can't take things too seriously. I think there's like a balance between knowing when to and when not to take things seriously. Mm -hmm. But um, as someone who's kind of experienced this more than, than telling me, for example, uh, are there like specific tips or specific examples you can give of uh, what separates this new culture, like in an exciting way? Yeah. What's something that you want, you want us to hold on to moving forward? Uh, wow. That, that's a good, I think, sorry. I, I do have something to add about to add regarding this because it is interesting in my perspective. We're seeing once you you're seeing more crypto adoption, more crypto companies, more crypto I don't know, everything. So you'll see more uh, people interested in this work environment, I think, because it's better. <laughs> um, but you'll see more more people interested in this work environment, meaning People will demand uh, coming to walk with uh, flip flops and coming to walk <laughs> with their dogs and these kind of things. I, I'm dead serious. These things are super relevant and, and they will come. They will become more and more frequent because people uh, will move to places, the places to walk places they, which are more comfortable, more. Uh, nice quote unquote and can be more can do more things and give them more and I think it's it's an interesting thing to see you, you, there's, there's, an, there's, there's this picture of uh, SBF Sam Bankman uh, with everyone with the three or seven piece suit and Sam comes in uh, richer than everyone else together maybe uh, comes with this PJ and and Vitaly comes over with his uh, cat meme shirt, and uh, these these are stuff people want. People want, and I, and I think it's a nice thing to see. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think uh, there's a lot to it, um, and uh, and yeah, th this is what's funny about crypto. Like you see insanely rich people. I mean, as a side note, you see insanely rich people wearing the cheapest clothes. I mean, this is like the epitome of, of you know. Uh, finance and billionaires, but it's all done in a way that I think hasn't been seen before quite uh, in quite the same way, you know. Um, to to go back to you, uh, Daniel, your original question, I think if I wanted to, you to hold on to something, then first of all, hold on to your Bitcoin. And if you have uh, an audience uh, um, standing ovation track, then this is the time. Hold on to your Bitcoin. That's one thing. And you don't. You don't have that standing ovation track, but all good. Um, but I would say that, you know, this is like, I mean, you have to assume that something will break, whatever your role is in whatever company or whatever your role is in whatever agency you're at, something will break undoubtedly, um, assume the worst all the time. And I know it sounds a bit jarring, but it just so happens that if you end up working crypto, you'll be working in a fast paced, um, highly innovative industry that 
for the first time is trying to take off. I mean, you know, it's been said every year that this is the first time that we're doing this and that, but whatever. I mean, it's, these are, there are like many firsts. So there are a lot of mistakes in terms of, you know, the way certain protocols are set up, the way that uh, code is written, the way that uh, we were handling the different, uh, different conundrums, whether it's scalability issues or governance or whatnot. So a lot of money is being siphoned out of people, plain and simple. And uh, you, you have to be ready that whatever company you're working for, assuming you have any access to uh, user funds or you have some sort of responsibility over that, money will probably be lost. Like there will be some serious damage happening. And I know it's horrible, but, uh, but it has to be said. And, and so the stakes are very high. The, the stakes are really high. And I've been through a couple of uh, clients' uh, crisis communications uh, um, scenarios where, you know, it's pretty scary. I mean, it's just that. It, poof, in one second, you know, two million of user funds are gone. Uh, five, ten, what, what not. And someone has to answer that. Someone has to manage that. So there is something very chaotic in it. And I think you have to, once you get into that space, you have to really, like, learn that these things happen just because life happens. And uh, you're, what you're seeing here, it's like, this is, this is volatility at, at, at its peak. I mean, if, you, if these things happen in your personal life, you know, outside of crypto, and just so happens that, you know, a lot of tragedies do happen. And here it's like, wow, every Sunday there could be another thing, every Monday uh, for our uh, international listeners, you know? So um, you just have to be ready for that. And on a personal level, I think you need like people who, who can hold on to their own. Like you have to have a bit of stoicism in you or you have to learn that. You have to learn that things will break, that uh, you'll have to keep your cool down. You have to talk to your clients or your partners or whatnot, and you have to still maintain a, uh, a sense of professionalism and, you know, not to go overboard, not to break down, not to, you know, cause a fuss because these things will make uh, things undoubtedly worse. Um, and at the same time, this is what's so funny about it. You have all these crazy things happening and this is a really funny internet culture. Uh, people are like laughing about losing your life savings. Um, Every market crash, this is like hell for someone, but at the same time, they're all jovial about it. So, you know, if you're able to take the highs and the lows together, you might end up bipolar or you'll just really enjoy your job. Um, so that's kind of, if I had a takeaway, is that like be ready for crazy stuff. And at the same time, this is a really good opportunity to really learn how to function in high stress environments while keeping your cool down, while learning resilience and things like that. I rambled quite a bit, but I hope this resonated. Yeah, no, that was great. That was really, 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 really great. Um, like we said up top, you're the expert and, and uh, the, uh, the answers are, are incredible. There were like a few things that, that especially resonated with me. Like, um, I think the fact that you said that things will break and things like won't always um, go the way you expect them. And I think there's something to be said there about growth, both like individually and professionally, um, or sorry, both personally and professionally, where if you like witness failure, or if you experience failure, then um, it depends, like it's up to you how you handle it and what's like, 
what's waiting for you on the other side. Um, like one of my favorite quotes is, you know, nobody, nobody cares how many times you fall as long as it's one less times than the amount of times you get back up. And I think to your point in crypto, we are constantly, constantly, constantly being tested on whether or not we can get back up and see the other side and actually experience that growth and experience that development. Um, because I think also to your point, it's like, it's still a really small world in crypto. So if you do see something happen, the chances are that you're only like one or two clicks away from it. Um, and so I found like in the relationships that I've made so far in this space, uh, we've all kind of experienced some kind of hardship together and we're all, you know, knock on wood, we're all, we're all like uh, here to tell the tales. And so I think it's going to be really exciting to fast forward maybe like 10, 15 years and see kind of see where we all are, like which pieces, which tools, which stories, um, what's happened along the way that's been able to shape who we become as opposed to maybe like a web two or more traditional company where it's like, you're not really expected to fail. You're not really expected to make mistakes. Things are more predictable and you just kind of have to, you know, put the keys in the ignition and make sure that the car is on mm -hmm. as opposed to navigating the direction. Totally. I think, you know what, this reminds me of this uh, interview with the guy who was the founder of Waze. So if anyone does not know, Waze is an Israeli navigation app that has graduated onto Google and now everyone is using it. It started as, as an Israeli startup and they were bought out by Google and uh, he, he came up to the marker and he went off uh, about how basically no one in the company cares anymore about what's the end result. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. Like if you work for a big enough company, you can totally get under the radar and you'll be fine. You can, you can make a lot of money and not necessarily drive any traction or results. And it will just be a-okay. You'll get, you know, your average reviews. You'll eat a lot of breakfast cereals and whatnot. And you'll just be fine. But in crypto, it's not like that. I mean, if also, I think, uh, kind of circling back to the main topic, um, if you work for a crypto company, if we go by the, if we agree that the stakes are high, then it also means that you cannot dodge responsibility. Um, there are products with very transparent um metrics you know you cannot falsify blockchain info that we all know by now so everyone can see if you're driving traction or not if you're getting more users or less if you've been hacked or not it's all out there and it's the same thing within a company you just cannot sit on the sidelines i mean i think uh we also like as market across i mean when we work with clients we see a lot of uh, sometimes we see a lot of churn internally um in client companies and things happen, people shift roles for whatever reason, but you can also assume that, you know, uh, there's a, there's function within it. Like you don't just shift role for, for no reason. I mean, things are happening. People either perform or do not. So I, I, I want to, I want to say it's competitive, but I think it's more like, uh, it's, it's not com competitive in a cutthroat type of way. It's more like it really reveals what you have to offer. If you don't have anything to offer, you probably, just be cut out because you just cannot sit on the sidelines in crypto, I think.
Uh, maybe it's somewhat on par with Netflix in the way that, you know, Netflix is structured where they have this this thing that, you know, we don't just sit in a role and not drive results. If you're not driving results, and you're out and it's fine. Like they'll give you a nice severance package and it's all good. So it's kind of like the same in a lot of crypto companies, I think. Yeah, I actually do. I do definitely feel that. I think there's also, because of the transparency that you mentioned, it's like, if you do something well, there's a really good chance that someone will just copy paste it um, shamelessly. Like, and it's all, it's all kind of, everything is up in the air and everything is, is free game. Um, and we see that all the time. So there is kind of this pressure on employees to, uh, to kind of always be moving, like always have the ball moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the way you put it. That you can't, like, you can't afford to sit on the sidelines because there's always someone who's uh, who's ready to play. Yeah, um, I do. I do want to. Uh, I do want to talk about something that you mentioned earlier, which because uh, I know I deal with it in my day to day as someone who works in in the industry. Um, when you tell someone that you work in crypto, it can really go one of two ways. They can either be like, oh, that's awesome. Um, tell me everything you know, or maybe the more common answer, they can look at you as if you just kind of revealed some kind of very, very, very like mischievous and is, is, uh, is super common, especially from maybe like people, people in the North older organization or more conservative. But um, I was going to ask you if you had any tips like from working in uh, from working in the industry on how to respond to these types of, of people. Um, I would practice my eye roll to work <laughs> on that eye movement, I think. It really helps and it helps you uh, get out of a lot of uh, annoying conversations. But um you know, I, I don't think there is an easy answer because sometimes I'll, I'll be very honest right now. Sometimes I even struggle to see exactly what we're doing at certain cases. I mean, where a lot of money is, is being lost in DeFi, it's really hard to look at it and say, well, it's just a day, you know. Um, there are a lot of hard questions we all need to ask, but I think we cannot ignore the impact of Bitcoin. Um, a, lot of, a lot of parts in the crypto industry, uh, I think, can be labeled and stamped rightfully so, is too big to fail. And this is like the main argument that I kind of go by. There are a lot of people involved. I mean, I'm not even talking about the tech yet. I'm not even touching that yet. There's too many people involved uh, with a lot of money and a lot of uh, investments made and a, and a big portfolio and big reputation to match that this can just this is just not going to go anywhere. There's no chance it's just going to sink next year. It's, it's not happening. It's not close. So anyone who's doubting that, I mean, they should look at who's investing in crypto right now. You have, uh, you have Morgan Stanley. Uh, you have a lot of, uh, of, of what would be called, uh, you know, back in the day now, uh, student type of funds. Or now, like, you know, they tried buying the, all of the CFI lenders uh, during the, the last crisis. So how can you say that this is not going anywhere? How can you say that this is not interesting, that this is all a scam? I mean, people can be, you know, I think... Uh, Think that there's this phenomena um the dunning kruger effect like people really want to think that they know something you don't and it, it, it's a lot about ego i think so the hard facts are that more money is being followed into crypto regardless of anyone's opinion and it doesn't really matter 
fact of the matter is that Bitcoin is perhaps maybe not the equivalent of a digital gold, but it still serves as a, a store of value that is interesting enough for most of the rich people in the world to invest in. in. And that's it. Like nowadays, if you go to a fund manager, they'll likely invest in stocks and crypto. And Bitcoin is going to be a part of it. On the tech level, um, I think, you know, once once you look at um, global crises, I, I think I would I would actually look at one uh, like, you know, let's say COVID-19. I think it was a stellar case where you had people who started like uh, looking at their governments and saying, what the hell? You know, um, people have considered leaving a lot of countries for various reasons, political, whatnot. I'm not going to get into that. But you see, with Bitcoin, you have the opportunity to really own your money. And I know it's been said a lot in every podcast and really even saying that kind of feels weird. But that's the truth of it. You get to really own your money and you can just get out of various situations where you feel like, you know, you might be shut out out of the financial system, out of your ability to vote, out of your ability to influence or whatnot, but you can just take something and leave. And um, there's a lot to be said about the philosophical implications and whatnot, but I think these are like two facts that if you put in front of anyone, they're simple enough and not even, not too condescending or, you know, you don't have to like start explaining the tech and the protocol and whatnot behind it. And you can just, you know, Show them that and be done with it. And also roll your eyes when you need to. Yeah. Wow. I think that's awesome. I do like, I do feel that it's generally a quite uninformed decision when people jump to, uh, to be kind of negative or contrarian when it comes to, to working in crypto. Um, I wanted to, to add something. I also think there's like, you, you started to talk about the tech and uh, being part of this whole movement. And I think there's also like um, a developer count, you know, like the developers that are switching from working in the traditional, um, the traditional high tech world and moving kind of into our world. Um, I was going to ask you if you see like which types of roles are like most sought after when it comes to working in crypto. Like, do you see more developers? Do you see more creative roles? Um, or do you see everyone? Like, there's there's kind of room for everyone. Um, yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Um, I, I'll, I'll answer the boring, uh, I'll give you the boring answer. I think there's room for everyone. Uh, but if we were to start off by, you know, perhaps talking about marketing and business dev people, then, you know, we, we definitely see a shortage of that. Uh, a lot of companies in crypto, especially in the DeFi sector, they really took a hit, by the way, and really need some reinforcements. Um, a lot of these companies employ really, really smart people that I would never rival their IQ. But for the love of God, they lack uh, a lot of the communication skills needed to really pitch a, pro a product or to explain something in a simplified manner. I mean, we all know that. All, all of what we're doing is not going to really take off unless, you know, our mothers and fathers and uh, uh, and general, generally elderly folks at some point will be able to use it. Right now, it's way too confusing. And uh, and a lot of people are like assuming, I mean, when I say people, I mean like developers and engineers, they assume that people need to learn about triple sharding or whatnot in order to use a product. And it's simply not true. I mean, if you look at the internet as an example, then if you were to ask like... Uh, 
any type, any person off the street, like what is HTTP or what is HTTPS? No one would know. Sometimes I don't even remember. So no one needs to know how the internet works in order to use the internet and no one needs to, to understand exactly how crypto works in order to use crypto. I mean, that should be the end result. Um, so we need more people to help us do that, I think, as an industry. And when it comes to engineers and all that, I think uh, there's a lot of demand for like... Uh, I think people, engineers are serving up in finance to really help DeFi protocols. I, I think we, we, we just like uh, had a call with the, with one of our clients uh, just this week, and there's like a severe lack of of, uh, of able developers that grasp crypto and trusted enough to take the deep dive. And you know, I think there's also another part of it. As a developer, you have uh, you can live a pretty nice and stable life in Web two. Or you can venture out to Web3 and potentially get paid with a token for a lot of your efforts. I and mean, whether you're developing freelance or you're developing, uh, you know, as a part of a company, a lot of the the, the packages that come um, as, in terms of salaries for a lot of these people are including tokens within them. So it really depends if you really believe in what you're doing. And um, it's kind of like a weird paradigm when you think about it. So you need developers that really understand it and can really get behind it and also take a risk. I think that that to me uh, sounds like a, a lot of a lot of uh, a big part of why like people struggle to get into crypto. I personally 100% agree. I think it's very obvious uh, the crypto space was uh, full of developers only. You can see not only but ma- mainly you can see the UX UI you can see the interfaces, which is mostly developer-oriented, and I think we're seeing a shift in the in, in more diverse uh, job opening. People are starting to understand we need these kind of things in order to uh, to ask my mom to use these kind of to use a wallet. She she need a more. Uh, user-friendly wallet. It can be. A, it, it cannot be a wallet that was made by twenty developers that all know how is uh, uh, how a UTXO looks like and and, and whatever. They need uh, uh, someone to design it for these kind of uh, these kind of people who are less. Uh, less tech oriented. And yeah, one percent agree. It is not open yet for everyone but it is starting to open up for more people you can even look into uh just a fun fact i I was looking on uh linkedin to see positions in crypto and you see more community manager you see more product you see more uh not you you're right everyone's thinking of yeah it's only for developers but no it's starting to change because People are realizing that. And change is good, for sure. And, uh, but, but yeah, I, I think also a lot of, a lot of people assume that, uh, assume that developers are the only people who can move the needle in crypto. And, uh, and to build up on what you said and also what I had mentioned, we really need more people to help us dumb it down. I think that's the reality of it. Uh, we don't need more people to tell us their blockchain is the best blockchain. It's just not interesting. Um, we need people to to really help us understand why their their product is going to get us to where we need to, and 
help us uh, function the way we need to and help us move our money in an efficient way. This, these are like the type of messaging that we need to build. Uh, if, even if you're a social media dude or do that on whatever firm, you have, really have to dumb it down. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it's uh, the, world, the world needs people like us, like uh, you, me, and Tal, who are you know, connecting the dots in terms of communication and stuff like that. Um, which brings me to something, uh, and let me know if, if, if you don't want to answer, it's all good, but, uh, just to kind I of drive this, <laughs> cool, next question. Um, <laughs> uh, no, just to kind of drive this all home. Cause, um, as we mentioned earlier, you know, we work for a PR and marketing firm in the crypto space. And so we touched a little bit on like what it, what it is like to work in the space as a whole, maybe even a tiny bit about what it's like to work, um, alongside one of us um but you famously have a nickname in the space reporters know you in this way we know you in this way and um i'll go ahead and spoil it for you we know we know oian as the pitch and you mentioned earlier that it's like we need people in the space who are able to pitch effectively um we are definitely lacking that and I wanted to kind of see if you were willing to, uh, to to share with us how you got this nickname as someone who's been in PR and marketing in the space for a really long time. Well, I would love to say that, um, you know, a TechCrunch editor nominated me as the best pitcher or whatnot, yes. but it's just not the truth. Um, it's actually, <laughs> so this, this is a much sillier story than anticipated. Uh, we had an office tradition way back uh, before you kids were born uh, where we would play Counter-Strike 1.6. So everyone had to pick nicknames for, for the first time, you know. So I just thought like, you know, okay, well, who am I going to be? And uh, I thought about a lot of like random office jokes and whatnot. But then I like, well, I pitch stuff, so I'm going to be the pitch. And uh, it was actually a pretty funny joke because I was terrible at Counter-Strike. I'm still terrible. I rather much play Call of Duty. So, uh, uh, but I stuck to that. I thought it was funny because it's kind of ironic. Also pitching. I mean, it's it's a funny business. Like It's not like you can control a lot of things. Uh, in some ways you can, but a lot of these things are not, uh, are not really up to you. But it has a nice ring to it. So that's the real story. Um, and yeah. Uh, it looks nice on Telegram too, I think. People, you know, when I get Absolutely. new clients, I, I, they must think I'm really badass. They have no idea. I think it also ties into like a point you made earlier on about something that's really like, it's an important quality in a person who's who's starting to work in the space is that you kind of, you need to have a good time. You need to know how to to be like lighthearted about it. And you need to know how to, you, you need to find a way to enjoy the chaos. Um, so I just think like this story and, and, and the reason why I wanted to ask was because I just think it's a really, really good shining example of someone who's done it successfully. So, uh, and of course that's coming from, uh, that's coming from the nosebleed seats all the way out here. Uh, but I did, I did think it was, it was a cool one to share for sure. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I really appreciate it. Of course. But yeah, it's just a, uh, it's just a funny story. No one, no one nominated me as the pitch. Cool. Um, Tal, I'm looking over at, uh, at Mr. Tal Havel here. I'm realizing that we are 
coming up on 40 minutes and we did want to see if you were available to comment on a couple real news stories that are happening um, in the space. I know we have some people who joined us. Uh, Mr. Kim Bazak, he's in Korea right now or on his way to Korea for, for Korea Blockchain Week. Actually, and, uh, tomorrow. <laughs> oh, okay, yay. So you're still, uh, you're still, still here. Um, he's, awesome. he's teleporting as we speak. Oh, I wish. <laughs> um, it's either a, a quick teleport or a 16-hour flight, I believe. Something like that. Um, but yay, since I have you guys here, um, two people who have been with Market Across for many, many years, um, five, six years, uh, veterans in the crypto space, they've seen, you know, when, when Orian like talks about how we were kids that weren't even born yet, um, I like to think about it as like a crypto year being similar to like dog years. Like seven crypto years is like, or six crypto years is equivalent to like 45 real years. They're very dense. They're, uh, they're very eventful. Um, and which brings me to kind of my point about just this week. Uh, I know I was talking to Kim yesterday, but it was like, it seems that uh, we cannot catch a break in terms of, uh, in terms of bad news right now. Uh, so as people who have been around, um, for a really, really long time, I wanted to, to kind of get your guys's expert take on what these negative news cycles, like, do they leave a lasting impact? Is it something that blows over? Do people really hold on to these? Do people let them go? Um, I think I'll even bring up a specific example that, like uh, that we can use as, as the vehicle for this. But um, Solana, another company on Solana was hacked yesterday. Another hundred, multi-hundred million dollar hack um, on a wallet, on a poor company wallet um, was exploited and lost a ton of, a ton, a ton of money. Um and to my earlier point, we're seeing this happen a lot lately. Is this some? Sorry, uh, is this something that we should strap in and get used to, or is this something that passes? Said Paul that this time, even though it's eight hundred, eight thousand, sorry, addresses on the Solana network, even though it's uh, we don't know the metrics yet, but more than. Uh, five, six, seven million dollars. It's one of the small one, small ones recently. The the recent small ones. Uh, we saw the Nomad Bridge uh, of about two hundred million. We saw the uh, Harmony Bridge, which was about one hundred million dollars. Uh, there's a, a list. There's a site I like, which call, which is Rekt.news, which shows most, maybe maybe all recent hacks uh, and uh, exploitation exploitations. Uh, and the sad part that this Solana one was um, small one, relatively small one. Um, but interesting part is to talk about what um how can people talk about it pr wise what what 
what's the news coming out? Because first thing, I, I think I saw this once uh, CZ tweeted about this, but what's happening once people, uh, what do people, are, what people are interested in this? What, what's the right way to respond uh, on, from the company point of view? Thoughts on this one? Uh, sure. I'd be happy to share my thoughts on the matter. Uh, when you hear crypto news, you have to uh, respect if it's uh, like who's listening, if it's, if it's like crypto enthusiast or it's like people outside of the market that sees uh, the, the, the news like on CNBC and on mainstream media. Because on mainstream media, they focus on the number. If it was the Ronin hack, like 600 mil or... Uh, Nomad with 200, it's like, it's like the, the numbers are mind boggling. Um, but for crypto enthusiasts, they check how they did it. Like it's like a normal hack or somebody actually managed to like break the chain or uh, manipulate the protocol, something that is, even if it's a low number, this is something that like monumental for the market because it can basically crash the entire market if people will, will think right now okay so blockchains aren't that safe but with solana hack that was yesterday uh it wasn't a protocol so it was a third-party application that had an api and the api exposed uh all of its users seeds basically uh so if someone is uh looking into the code and knows what to look he could find the seed. Uh, and that's what happened yesterday. Um, and that's why it's interesting, but eventually it's not a protocol uh, breach. So overall, as, as long as like all of the acts are for smart contracts or something like that, I think we're good. Wow, awesome. I also like, do you think these people does the company who, who gets hacked have a responsibility to respond to the media or also do similar companies like do other wallets in the space from a PR perspective have an opportunity to, to also react, to talk about potential solutions in the future? Uh, sure. So if, first of all, if you got hacked, uh, yeah, you have a responsibility for your community, for your investors, uh, for your users, uh, to let them know what happened, if it's still on, uh, did you shut the door, uh, what is the damage, is the company, like, could survive this or not? So, yeah, you have a responsibility, but of course, the timing is super crucial because you want to have, uh, like, if it's ongoing, like yesterday, I think it was a very long hack. Uh, so the response is very short. It's like, okay, we, we acknowledge that this is happening. Don't worry, we're looking into it, but that's it. I mean, you can't, you can't like do all the, the conversation that you do with the devs with your community. It's something else. For the community, you need to reassure them that you're on it. But internally, you, maybe you're going crazy. Like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, and of course, and if you're a company on the same niche, but you didn't, uh, like the hack didn't affect you. Uh, for example, like um, 
I think yesterday it was like slope wallet. That was the main issue. So uh, every wallet that got information from slope, like phantom wallet, got basically affected. But if another wallet, uh, for example, like Sulfur, uh, Sulfur didn't use uh, the slope API, so they're okay. So of course they can leverage it. Uh, but, you know, again, if, if you're two wallets on the same ecosystem, like you don't want to uh, shoot inside, I know I said in English, but like shoot inside the, uh, your own tank. So you have to do it respectfully. But of course, yeah, you, you should leverage the fact that, that you're half duke. In English, uh, we say those in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. And it's, uh, I, think it, I think it means the same thing. But, but I also, I really appreciate that answer because I think, uh, I know you actually were, exper we were experiencing this firsthand yesterday. So um, I think that's really cool. And it also connects to our, our topic today of, you know, what it's, what it's like working in the crypto space and more specifically, even for us, what it's like working in uh, PR and marketing in the crypto space. Um, so I think I, I, I definitely want to say thank you to, uh, to Oian, the pitch, uh, for coming on and sharing, sharing all of, uh, his insights and the things he's learned over the years and, and the tips he's given to people who are kind of considering making this move. And, um, and Kim also thank you for joining. This has been a really, really nice surprise and, uh, we wish you all the best in Korea and maybe, um, Maybe in next week's space, you can talk to us about uh, you can talk to us about what it was like out there. Um, we're really excited to have you back and to hear from you. Yes, of course. Uh, uh, Korea summary or highlights uh, uh, should definitely uh, be a fun space. Any before we finish off the space, Kim? Any closing thoughts on Korea? Korea, the uh, current. Uh, uh, what's happening over there, or maybe the general going to conferences and crypto? What's what do you think about that? The, the importance of uh, meeting people over there, and etc. So first of all, I mean we're kind of post-COVID uh, era, and we had like two years with no conferences, uh, and like we had like digital or virtual conferences, and no. Uh, face to face, and I mean, yeah, it's super important to meet people face to face. It's much more like you gain your trust, even though the crypto space is like trust no one, but it's still like we're not decentralized. Like we still uh, few businesses that wanna maybe do partnerships and work together and cooperate. So yeah, you should have uh, some degree of trust. And when you meet people and and uh, end up with them, drinking with them. Uh, sit with them at like the same table so yeah it's it's a it's a different effect for sure and korea it's the biggest crypto event in all of asia uh at least this year so yeah i'm super excited to be there and meet like tons of people face to face uh so yeah i mean i mean korea in generally it's it's like since forever like i remember when i just came into the market like mid uh, 2017, Korea was deeply involved. Uh, the Korean market, uh, again, like in, in regards to adoption, they really uh, dig crypto. Uh, 
uh, I don't remember like the statistics, but I mean, in Korea, it's, it's huge. And also the government just invested like um, tens of millions or more in metaverse and, and NFTs. So yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a very cool trip to be in a nation that really understand that this is the future and they're uh, following the path. Well, actually, that, that's amazing to, to hear uh, because, yeah, I, I agree that these, kind of, these meetups, these uh, are super important in my opinion, and it's happy to, happy to hear this is what's happening, especially in Korea. Um, final thought, Daniel, anything you want to add or want to say for uh, next time? Um, we'll be back at it next uh, next Thursday at the same time. Um, again, I really want to thank uh, you, Tal, of course, Olian and Kim for joining us. This was this was a lot of fun. And um, if you have any other questions about working in crypto or making this transition, feel free really to reach out to any one of us. Um, we will we live and breathe it every day. So if uh, we want to be here as a resource for you. Thank you, guys. It's been a Thank you. All right, thank everybody. You thank you so much for joining, and thank you so much for listening. And tune in next week. Have a good weekend, everyone.